while I'm working on this, I'm going to start building my own table as well. I want to provide the roadmap. I want to be the blueprint. Like, hey, like I started from scratch, but you can at least see the freeway that's been built. Now, if you choose not to take it, that's on you versus where I've had to kind of just build the plane on the way down. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today, we're going to be talking to the king of raw lands, Ryan Mosley. How are you, Ryan? I'm good, Socket. Good to be on, man. I appreciate you reaching out and appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, so sorry we can't get to have your cigars light up here right now because I have no idea where you are. And as I told you, I don't know anything about cigars. So it won't be an intelligent conversation. As we get to know each other, I'm sure we'll talk about it. And I'm sure at some point we'll cross paths in person. And I'll get you educated and we'll get you. I would love to, man. I would love to. I remember my most embarrassing cigar story was I was at a conference and somebody offered me a cigar. I'm like, what do I do with this thing? I have no idea. <laughs> Which side is the right side, left or right? I'm like, I have no idea. You fire it up and kick back and relax, man. Yeah, that's exactly what I ended up doing. I'm like, you just tell me what to do and I'll just follow the lead. But Ryan, thank you, man. We're excited to have you here. Where are you dialing in from, buddy? I'm dialing in from uh, the beautiful metropolis of Dallas, Texas. Oh, Dallas. Is, is it hot or now the temperatures have changed in Dallas? So you don't no, know it's going to snow it's, already. We're about to start the whole run of 100 degree days and it'll be like that oh, until, man. until like September. It is what it is. And did you grow up in Dallas? Did you move yeah, I'm born and raised. I'm born and raised Texan. Most of my entire family is from Dallas. I mean, those of us who are from Texas. Do you have any rodeos? No, that's the misconception. No, man. Hey, Socket, never been to a rodeo function in my life. No, so I do never. know a rodeo, the guy who was a professional rodeo. And I'm like, this is an amazing... I'm like, why would you do that to yourself, first of all? I have no idea. Well, here's uh, an interesting thing, right? Like, as a child, I lived down the freeway, basically, from the world famous... <clears throat> Chip Rodeo. Never yeah. been inside the building. I've only ridden a horse like once or twice in my entire life, and that was for like some sappy daycare pictures, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's amazing. So, Ryan, let's kick the show off, man. So, what we do is we always talk about your journey to wealth, your migration journey into wealth. But before we go there, and there's something new I've started doing recently is when you hear the word wealth, what does that mean to you? There's a lot of different meanings. The first comes to my mind when I hear the word wealth is freedom in the sense of it's the whole literally waking up every day and being able to do what you want to do. Well, was yeah. it? Do, being able to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, and whoever you want to do it with. That's the surface, right? But then when you get to like the deeper layers of it, it's really... Mm-hmm. It's not even about you at that point when you become quote unquote wealthy. It's more about like, okay, what can you do to impact the world? What can you do to help change the situations and the circumstances of those around you? One of the things I live by is kind of get to a point where you can build your own table. And if you are operating in a sense of wealth, the humanity, I know we'll talk about that later on, but there's got to be some type of humanity about you that says, okay, well, what can I do to help others? Yeah. No, I agree, man. I think there's... You can have all the wealth in the world you want, but if you're not giving back and impacting somebody else's life, what good is that wealth? Because after a while, after your first million, your life's not going to change a whole lot because your basic necessity is taken care of. You're going to keep adding comfort, but at some point it's going to become meaningless. In a prior life, I worked at ESPN Radio for a little bit, Socket, Mm. and you get a ton of professional athletes. And I remember one guy told me, there's a difference between making $1 million and making $2 
10 or 15 million dollars. He said, and you make like 20, 25 million dollars. She's like, but after about like 25, 30 million dollars, yeah. he's like, mm-hmm. you make 40 or 50. He's like, it's still the same. It's still so, the same, right. It's still the same. Like at a certain point, like you've got more than enough. So again, what can you do to help those around you? Correct, correct. No, I agree, man. So how did you migrate? I don't know, you had an exciting journey. You're an athlete. You got in the professional world as well. So help us understand your migration into your wealth. Oh, man. On getting out of college, I worked at ESPN Radio here in Dallas for like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. I did everything you could think of. I worked overnight shifts, covered events, interviewed people. I literally did everything in the building except for make commercials. The whole the old trick in radio is they tell you like you'll starve for the first five or six years unless you know your dad owns a radio station. And so <laughs> a guy I worked overnight with told me, he's like, Hey, there's this media agency like two X's down the freeway from where we're working at. He was like, you know, they're giving people salaries and teaching you what it is you need to know. So I applied and got hired. And so it was a digital marketing agency. I worked there for like seven or eight years. All the while, the first year and a half or so, I was still working overnight. So like my daily schedule would be Go to work at 7.30 in the morning, get off at 4.30, go home, eat, take a nap, get up, and go work the overnight shift from like 11.30, 12 o'clock to right. 5 o'clock in the morning. And I did that for like a year and a half before I finally got off the overnight shift. I worked at that company for like seven or eight years, bounced around a couple other different places, learned some other things throughout the industry. And then along the way, started working on a podcast, and I know we'll talk about it. But my partner, he was like, we need to find out a way to get into real estate. He was like, especially you, he's like, you're resourceful. You're really good with people. He was like, you need to find a way to get into real estate. And lo and behold, the opportunity presented itself, got into the business on from the wholesale side of things, is finding the distressed assets mm-hmm. and eventually giving people bailouts, if mm-hmm. you will. Owners who were like, hey, I'm upside down on my house or, hey, so-and-so died. I've got to move. I just need to get rid of the house, things like that. And I closed the deal with a lady one day and she's like, Ryan, I just really appreciate how you handled everything. So you did what you said you were going to do. She said, you kept me in a loop at every turn. She said, I have another client who was looking for raw land. Now, keep in mind, Socket, at the time, I'm maybe six months into business, right? Right. What does Richard Branson say? Like, you know, apply for say the yes. job. You, yeah, say yeah. yes. The job you want and to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. later on, right? Yeah. At the time, I didn't know anything about raw land, but right. I knew one person. Called him and said, hey, I need your help with this. And he's like, your time is perfect. He's like, here's the phone number. Tell them I sent you. Got that deal done, and I've been in love with raw land and development ever since. And that was so. What does that mean, raw land? Help us understand that. So you drive down the freeway or whatever city you might be in, and you just see literally just a patch of raw, yeah. untouched land. Like there's nothing on it. It's just dirt or grass, or trees. I know what part of the country you live in. I am the guy, the real estate developers, the home builders. But now, and given the economy now, the equity funds, the hedge groups, people like that. They talk to me because it's one, it's real estate, right? There's that whole thing that real estate always makes money, you know, right. depending on what type of, however it is you're, you're going to get into the business. That's somebody who takes that raw patch of dirt you saw on the freeway that's got trees, grass all in it. And then next thing you know, the, all the land's cleared and there's pipes on the ground. There's pipes sticking yeah. up on the ground. Yeah. And before you know it, it's a subdivision or it's a brand new three, 400 unit apartment complex or right. It's a commercial building or it's mixed use. It's got restaurants on the bottom and beautiful apartments and stuff on top. Yeah. I broker those type of deals. Got it. When you do that, it's an interesting world. I'm trying to figure things out for our listeners where we can draw value from, right? So do you own any of these lands before you flip them to a different When I say flip, I'm using that term in a very loose terms. 
No, I have not had to go that route, although I am literally in negotiations right now on actually taking down a piece of dirt for myself. It'll be the first subdivision that I have my hand in actually building. Um, it's fun to broker the deals, and I've learned a ton of things, both from uh, the real estate finance portion and then just mm-hmm. different groups of people, different thought processes and things like that. Yeah. But it's one thing to broker the deal. It's another thing to actually own the dirt and then right. go through the development process of it. So to answer your question, this will be my first one that I'm taking down for myself versus throwing a lob to somebody and helping them out. Yeah. So I think what I want to make sure that people understand is sort of up until recently, what you've been doing is Saket needs a piece of land because he wants to develop a community. And I'm going to contact someone like Ryan and say, hey, Ryan, I need this. Can you make that happen? You made that happen. And that's the arbitrage where you make your money and they make their money and everyone's happy. Now so normally, you're getting involved in running the entire deal. Is that a true statement? Yes. Normally how it goes, like I've got a, for lack of a better word, a Rolodex of people from all different walks of life, right? Like in real estate, there's people who they only believe in houses. And you have people who only right. believe in apartments. Oh, definitely. People who only yeah. believe in industrial buildings, right? Like yeah. everyone has their own door they came through. Correct. So now today is filled with calls like, hey, Ryan, we've got X amount of dollars to deploy. We need 20 acres in city XYZ or we want 50 acres and we want all Got utilities it. to arm on site. Just a matter of whatever they're, whatever tickles their fancy at that point. Yeah. So, you know, I know I had somebody on my show who was doing land flipping. I know they went through some different courses. We have basically people teaching you how to flip land. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to the level you're talking about. You're talking a very specific buyer group, right? Where they're looking to do something with it, not just keep it raw and not do anything with it. Just because they love to own the land. When you got started on it, you said you were able to make a quick phone call, but did you actually formally go through a course or something else that to get you oriented or you are ready, fire, aim, which is I'm going to just do it because I want to do it and I'm going to learn it by doing it. No, definitely not. I didn't have the time to take any courses. It was, right. hey, here's the opportunity. Like, let's go. Like Richard Brent says, figure it out once you get in the door. Right. It's kind of been a story of my life from a professional standpoint. I'm a Cliff Notes type of guy. If you tell me you want to bake a cake, my question is going to be like, all right, do I at least have the eggs, flour, and milk? And then I can figure it out from there. To give a full answer to your question, uh, I didn't have time to take any courses. It was, I had to rely on my relationships, the people I knew. And I'm really, really easy to work with. I call it being an adult, but I do my best to keep people in the loop at every single turn. If there's something that comes up that will prevent me from being able to do what it is I told you I would do, I will be the first one to tell you. There will not Got be it. any surprises. I do my best to make sure. And the fun part of it is, yes, about being licensed and things like that. The role that I occupy allows me to play whatever role I need to play to get something done. Hmm. Versus there are some people like, hey, I only want to talk with the seller. Or I only want to talk with the buyer. Right. To the point now where nine times out of 10, I'm the one kind of organizing calls between both groups. I'm the one making sure everyone's at the table at the proper time. Got it. Like that. So it's one of those things to where I've carved out a cool little niche for myself. That's awesome. Um, and I love it. The journey into entrepreneurship, anybody will tell you, once you get over the, when you come from the salary world, once you get over the shock of like, hey, it's the first, I'm not getting a paycheck, but you understand like you're responsible for you. Once you get over that part, it's super fun. And I love my work days. I yeah. love them. I can see that, man. When you're speaking to it, your eyes are speaking more than your words. I know you're passionate about it and you love this thing. How did you find your first deal? Because I know you didn't know much about this world. You didn't necessarily have a Rolodex. You didn't know where to look for it. I know your first person that you flipped the home to, they had a client, which is great. So you got the buyer now asking for their need. 
if I have somebody saying I need a 20 acre lot and I'm making it up, I don't even know where to begin. My first big deal, you'll laugh at the socket. I was literally pumping gas one day, just middle of the day, just, just regular. I'm getting gas and I'm going back home. Right. And the young lady who I had on my show, maybe like two or three months before, she just happened to see me out. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, you know, getting gas, right? She's like, no, no, like, what are you up to now? It's like, oh, I work in real estate, handle raw land for people, so on and so forth. Really, my mom, she's like, my mom does raw land deals all the time. She's like, you need to talk. Mm. And me, Johnny on the spot, like, well, hey, here's what I got. Get on the phone. Sure enough, she gets her mom on the phone. We talked about 10 minutes. I gave her the address. She said, Ryan, it's 15 minutes from my house. She's like, get the owner on the phone. Let's get this done. I don't know, maybe about a week and a half, a little bit of back and forth, just negotiation, just, you know, the nature of the beast. They came to terms super quick and they closed. And the buyer, who is now like my real estate fairy godmother, she called on closing day. She said, hey, we closed. She gave me an address. She said, meet me at this address. And I pulled up and she gave me a check for a nice chunk of money. And she said, from now on, she said, there's anything else in this particular area. You call me and let me tell you no. That's awesome. Yeah. She's been a godsend ever since. Mm-hmm. She's taught me a lot of things and she listens when I have questions. And a lot of times whenever she's on the phone, I shut up and listen because she's full of knowledge. I mean, she's been doing it for 50, 60 years. Right. Is this where you see yourself going? Kind of like when we were talking about the description of wealth, right? Does that fit the description? Is oh, something yeah. missing in it right now? Oh, what I, you would enhance, would you change? I am on a track to where I'm going to own significant portions of land here in the state of Texas in that very strategic areas. Anybody can do your research in regards to the tech boom we're having here in DFW and yeah. Austin. That's the simple way to put it. I'm going to have my hands in a lot of pots when it comes to ground up development here in real estate in the state of Texas, for sure. Awesome, man. Awesome. So Ryan, you did say that you started a podcast and then figured out that you want to do real estate as well, right? So what was the podcast journey like for you from coming out of the digital media side? Actually, before yeah. we can go to that question, let's go take one more step back. When sure. people hear digital media, were you on the creative end? Were you on the marketing end? Which part of digital media were you in? I was on the marketing and operations side of it. So there's this cool term called programmatic advertising. People, you go to your favorite website or your favorite Amazon page and you know you bounce around. And then next thing you know, you go to your email, whether it's Yahoo or Google mm-hmm. or you know, whatever email service you use. And it's like, oh, there's an advertisement for the same or very similar item I was just looking at on Amazon or whatever websites you peruse on a daily basis. Let's well, part of programmatic advertising, you need to Google search ads, SEO. So I worked in that realm. I was never meant for it. I just fell into it and I was in there for like 12 yeah. years. I worked primarily on the operations side. Got it. Got it. And then how did you jump from there to launching your own podcast? So in the midst of that, I worked with a guy named Quincy. His name's Ryan, and he's my business partner and my podcast partner. And it was one of those places where all the black people in the building knew each other, right? And so he was like, <laughs> he's like I heard you smoke cigars. He's like, I've seen you do other media stuff. He's like, I just want to talk to you about some stuff one night. Sure, no problem. Set it up. And so we smoked cigars one night for like four hours, had notebooks, and the show was born. And then the cool part about it was, as we got ready to wrap up that meeting, most cigar lounges had like VIP lounges and special back rooms for special customers. Outwalks, the guy was the second guest on our show, was a retired athlete. We both knew of him, but mm-hmm. then we saw him in the flesh and was like, hey, man, here's what we got. You know, gave him 30 seconds elevator pitch of like what we envisioned the show to be. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. 
And so we interviewed him about three weeks later, and now we do business with him too. So a lot of some right place, right time. But then I think too, from a business and from a wealth standpoint, if people see that your heart's in the right place, right, and that you're something that can benefit others, it's a lot easier to get things done, right? Don't get me wrong. You know, we've all encountered bad people in the business world and from a personal standpoint. That's just life, right? Correct. But right. you find yourself working with with like-minded people, people who got the proper mindset, which is kind of what our show's about, things tend to get done. Correct. And I think I completely agree. I think sometimes you just got to add value, right? And not yeah, everything in the life the is transactional. Add, that's the buzz phrase, add value, add value. And I think we should come up with a, another phrase for it because now I get LinkedIn messages and things in my inbox. Let me add value like, to you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, like, I don't even know you. Like, and it's not like yeah. I don't know you, but it's like, okay, you saw me somewhere or you saw me on a picture with somebody that you knew. What you're really doing, you're fishing, trying to figure out what it is that I do. And it's all, right. all good with you know, trying to do business and make money with people. But like, let's figure out a different phrase. That let me add value to you. Like, I think there's, a, unfortunately, the way people approach it, it makes it fake, right? Yes. The concept of adding value is not asking Ryan, what do you need? It's knowing what Ryan needs and offering it without asking for it, Right. That's really where the real value is, where Ryan's showing up to you. He's, Ryan, I think you need this. You like it. And Ryan's looking at it and like, you're right. I like it. Who are you? Completely different conversation than, hey, Ryan, can I pick five minutes of your time? What's wrong in your life today that I can help you fix? Like, I don't even know you, buddy. I'm not going to tell you my secrets. I'm not going to tell you my life where I need help. That's not our relationship. It's funny you talk about it because the development project I'm working on right now, and I say right now, like literally like my partner and I are in negotiations on it, right? Yeah. And it, we're going in the right direction. And he said, Ryan, he's like, we're going to be able to write a movie about everything we've been through to get to this point. And so to your point, like this just randomly inboxes people like, well, let me add value to you. And it's like, man, you have no idea what I've gone through to get things to this point. Like one of my mottos in life is OTM. It's the name of my company. It stands for a lot of things, but a phrase I love is out the mud, right? Like I started my business career, like from a professional standpoint, I started from scratch. Nobody mm-hmm. in my bloodline ever owned anything or anything like that from that standpoint, what I'm involved in. Like I started from scratch. Like this is straight hard work and hustle right. muscle, some faith in God and really believing in myself, right? So I just get a random message from somebody I've never had a meeting with, never talked to them. Like you just saw me with somebody else that you think is cool Correct. in the business world. Correct. Let me check out. Like, as opposed to saying, let me add value, I think we should start off with, hey, how can I help? And then let's Very start a different conversation. question, hey. man. Very different conversation, right? Or I already know where you need help with. Hey, you know what? I've studied your work. This is where your blind spot is, Ryan. You may disagree with me, but I really think you're weak in this spot, and that's my strength. Let me show what I can do to you. You don't have to pay me anything. Let me just do it. That's my service to you. You add value to other people's life. That's how I'm going to add value. What's going to happen if that person can deliver what they really believe they can deliver and what you really think you need help with and you see the results, what are you going to say? Don't talk to me ever again? No, you're going to say, right. hey, let's sit down and have a cigar. That's really how you build a relationship. You don't build a relationship thinking about at least long-term relationships, thinking about what can I get from this? Tra- I see that on LinkedIn, this freaking DMs piss me off, where <laughs> the sponsored DMs, where the conversation starts, you don't even say hey anymore, man. The conversation is that I am a business owner. I can help you. I don't need that help. I don't. Now you're making a pitch that I should need that help, but I know I don't. So stop selling. It's literally that. 
And the thing is, right, like I'm part of an investment group too. Like there's seven of us. Everyone's got different disciplines. So like nine times out of 10, if I'm getting just a random DM from somebody, there's somebody in my group already has their hand in that discipline, that industry. Right. So it's almost like, let's start this conversation off different. Like I would much rather the conversation start like, hey, Ryan, my name's such and such. Saw your profile. Here's what I do. Can we work together? Or is there right. something that you can help? Straightforward, yeah. straight shooter. Instead of going around, I can add value to you. Trust me. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And I know we'll switch gears in a second. The other thing that <laughs> about LinkedIn, if you took the time out to send me a message, right? I don't want your Calendly link because I know you're sitting right in front of that computer when you send me that message. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, I'd love to talk to you. Like, oh, by the way, here's my calendar link. Are you really that concerned about me or am I really a priority? Or are you just right. out fishing for them? Leave me alone. Correct, correct. No, I agree, man. There's so many subtle nuances that you have to start thinking about, right? I think what happens is we want to make our life simpler. So we have all these tools and services built around it. We forget about how somebody's in the receiving and how are they going to receive it, right? Are they going to feel human or are they going to say they're talking to a bot? Because you can literally map out this entire conversation in an FLS loop. If Ryan says this, send this text. If Ryan says that, send this text. Using AI, you can automate the entire process. But is that really what you want to do? Is that how you want to add value in life by automating your chat messages where you're trying to add value? You're not trying to add value at that point. You're basically saying, I'm going to hit 1,000 people. Maybe 10 will fall for it. And that's the 10 I care about. That's not fishing. That's really hunting where I'm just going to keep shooting. And in my business, right? Like, yes, technology is great for emails and things like that. But when it comes time to sit down at the table and we got a whole four, four or five of us got to walk in here and get this done, uh, technology doesn't play a role. Like, it's real human-to-human interaction. It's a one-on-one, like, man, one-on-one, face-to-face. Yeah, you really, that's really the non-verbal communications, how you're making the other person feel. I mean, that's kind of like where we talk about wealth. We always talk about five dimensions to wealth, right? Which is your mind, because that's the biggest culprit. If you can't fix your mind, nothing is going to work. You could have a billion dollars. You could be the most miserable person on the planet. What's the point? Yeah, absolutely. You could have a billion dollars, but you can't even sit down and walk. What's the point of that money, right? Your relationships, which we were talking about, not just with others, but with yourself. What kind of relationship do you have with yourself, with your the spiritual relationship, however you define you, and with the others. And that doesn't have to just be your partners, your significant others. It could be your business associates, right? It could be your coworkers. It could be the partners, whoever you need it to be. That's the third dimension. Fourth is, of course, financials, because we live in a world where money is important. So we're not going to say that don't focus on money because money gives you one thing, which nothing else can give you, which is freedom, right? Freedom without sacrifice is what money can buy you. All the other elements we have to account for. And the last element we always talk about is contribution, which you basically started the show with, by humanity, add value, right? Kind of make sure that you're contributing, making an impact on somebody else's life rather than just focusing on what can it do for you. I think if you have a balance, my thesis is if you have a balance on these five dimensions, and there are plenty more dimensions, right? I'm not saying I've cracked the code, but if you can't align these five basic dimensions of your life and bring an alignment to it, you're going to be off balance, man, right? You're going to have a wheel that's not going to be circular anymore. It's going to be a crazy ass shape where the ride's not going to be smooth. It's going to be very bumpy. So what we're saying is let's have a smooth ride. And to topics that you talk about is try to make sure we treat each other as human beings. 
treat each other talk to people just because somebody has a business or somebody has a value proposition which doesn't align with you does not mean you don't treat them with dignity right but on the other oh. side also when you're pitching a deal make sure it's not transactional make sure you're talking to them at a human to human level and they may not agree with your deal that's okay not personal they have a different perspective i am so big now from where i started at to where i've grown to now i am so big now and it's going to sound so simple and elementary right but i'm so big now on working with nice people i mean it's business especially in real estate somebody's like hey i think this is worth a dollar 50 a square foot right. the person saying i think right. this is worth Three dollars a square foot, right? So there's a gap in there. But even if we disagree, like there's just a way to go about doing things. If we right. disagree, right. cool. But I am so big now. Like even when I meet people and they're like, "Well, do you have anybody can help me out with this?" And I mean, I've got a great network. I go back and I check with people in my network. Like I'm to the point now. If I let somebody into my house, if you will, and you don't behave yourself, I will immediately kick you back out of that house. Right. Because right. the people I work with and do business with, like we are a very tight knit group in the sense that we all kind of think the same on things. Can't afford to have somebody in the loop on things who, whether they're a bad person or don't have the proper mindset, I just, I can't afford it. Like I'm full yeah. of motion at all times. No, you know, life's too short, man, to work with people you don't like, period. I mean, that's what corporate jobs are for. You're forced to work with somebody. When you're not in a corporate job, you can create your own world. Why would you create a world where you don't like people that you work with? Why? There's no reason. A guy, the last time I was at a cigar lounge socket, a guy asked me, he's like, so how do you like working like for yourself? And I said, I love it. I said, I get to work with who I want to work with. And if I don't like somebody and if I don't want, and I'm not forced to work with them anymore, yeah. I don't have to. You don't have to, man. I love the beauty of that. Ryan, what's the next step for you, buddy? I know you're working on a big development project right now. Do you see um, this as a path ooh. for you or how does next five year look for you? So that's the first part of your question. Yes. Like we're going to get this development deal knocked out, both from agreement on the terms and then the actual doing the work. It's already kind of lined up on the back end of things. And it's kind of the key to unlocking a grander plan, if you will. Let's see. So that'd be 2028, five years. I've already got it written down. I've got a gold board above the TV in my man cave. But in five years, yeah, wealth is a good word to use. Freedom. My wife and daughter will be taken care of 10 times over. At that point, and I've written this down in one of my notebooks, I'm a big time note taker. I'm, I'm big on writing things down. I'm big on reading. At that point along the journey, like now it's about generations behind me and right. those around me. Like it's the true, like while I'm working on this, I'm going to start building my own table as well. I don't want those closest to me to have to go through the same, I don't use the word struggle, right? But I want to provide the roadmap. I want to be the blueprint. Like, hey, right. like I started from scratch. But you can at least see the freeway that's been built. Now, if you choose not to take it, that's on you versus where I've had to kind of just build the plane on the way down, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I agree with man. I agree, Ryan. And good luck to you. I have no reason to believe it won't happen. Appreciate I think it. you'll make it happen. You've gone this far, and I'm pretty sure you'll go further beyond what you've even put on the gold board. So I'm very confident I, in that. I can go on and on, man. I think I need to do a cigar session with you at some point. We're going to have a long conversation about these stuff. This is what I live it's for. Not- these are the conversations I live for, right? I mean, money and all is good, but this is the real conversation where you start sharing perspectives of life because these are life's philosophies. These are not, you can't learn that in a classroom, right? A lot of that is just learned by doing the grunt work out of the mud, right? It's really basically that's where you're creating that whole thing out of nothing. 
So, Brian, we're heading towards the end of our show. So one of the things I want to always ask is that looking back, what's one or two key insights that you'll share with your 20-year-old self? You've had an exciting ride. You've done a lot of different things in life. And of course, all of them have led you to do what you're doing right now. They've prepared, sort of prepared you to where you are. But if you were to go back, your 20-year-old self, what one or two key insights you'll share with that person to kind of help them with their migration in life? Looking back now, I would tell the 20-year-old me, as I say, I was 20 years old, I was in college playing football, but I would tell the 20-year-old me to get into real estate sooner. I would tell the 20-year-old me, figure out a way to buy that piece of land one way or the other, just figure it out. And I would tell my 20-year-old self, and I've always, you know, quote unquote, believed in me, but I would tell my 20-year-old self, like, you're capable of so much more than you can see. Correct. You're 20 years old. You're still trying to kind of figure things out in life. Yeah. But those would be some nuggets I would give myself looking back on it now. Awesome, man. I think things to live by, right? Because a lot of, that's what I like about this question, because a lot of the things, most of the people have the similar answers, but it's just reestablishing the fact. And there's a common theme, should have started earlier, right? Which is what I'm trying to, I was talking to my niece in India the other day, and she's like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, just take risks. Simple, because oh, you're, you're starting out. You have so much risk capital. Right now, I know you want to compete with your friends who are getting X amount of money working at Y company. But that's really, once you look back, life's too short to think about that right now. You can take risks. You can fail a thousand times over and still be ahead of everyone else. So they say in the casinos, right? Scary money don't make money. <clears throat> You miss 100% of the shots you never take. And yeah, there is definitely a risk taker side to my personality, but it's also like, you got to try, right? Like try. it's one thing yeah. around is like, oh, I want to be rich. I want to <laughs> accomplish this. I want to do this. Okay. Well, what are you actually doing? Like what actions are you actually doing? Yeah. What steps are you taking to actually make this happen? Like yeah. that's what our show's about, right? Like I know before you hopped on, you asked me about my show, the Vision Lab Podcast. And that's what it's about. We have guests on from every walk of life you can imagine. We're on episode 188 or 189 right now. And I mean, we've had realtors, divorce lawyers, bankers, mm -hmm. retired athletes. And one of the common themes is like the people who say they want to actually do something, get something accomplished. And then the people who actually go about the business of actually Correct. trying to make it happen. Correct. We can talk about it all day, but if you're not taking at least one step forward, or at least attempting to try to move forward, then what are you talking about? You just, you, you got to do something action, right? So I, I remember the book I read, Napoleon Hell's Think and Grow Rich, right? I think the title is wrong. The title is definitely wrong because there's a key chapter in that book, which is called Make a Decision and Act. Mm. Right? I think most people are thinking and growing rich and they're not growing rich. They're just thinking which you were talking about, right? I want a certain kind of house. Great. But I see you sitting on the couch watching Netflix. How are you going to get there? <laughs> Doesn't mean you won't get there, but think about yourself. What are you doing? To your point, what are you diff doing differently between today and tomorrow to get you at least closer to the goal or figuring it out what's not going to get you there? But sitting on Netflix and thinking about having a mansion on a beach, maybe it works for people. I can't comprehend it. It doesn't work for me. For 2022, my theme was uncharted territory. Like, I want to get out in deep water where no man has gone before my bloodline. But yeah. 2023 is all about action and execution. I want to have the conversation two or three times. Now let's figure out a way to actually make this happen. Right. Like, let's take progressive action that can actually get us 
a step closer towards the end goal day by day, right? Like Rome wasn't built in a day. But if you take one step forward every single day and you look up, you'd be surprised at how much progress you made. And then at a certain point, the universe or the industry or whoever it is you're working with start to meet you halfway. And that's when stuff really starts happening. But really hammer home the point, like, don't talk to me about what it is you want to do. Like, no, show me, like, let's put some action into it. And I'm, that's me, 2023, action and execution. I love that, man. I love that, Ryan. Ryan, the last question of the show, man. Where do you think that humanity should migrate towards, buddy? In a physical sense, hey, migrate to Texas. It's great for me. Uh, <laughs> on a grander level, we've got to get back to the point of humanity where just because something doesn't affect you personally, we've got to have some type of empathy and some understanding for our fellow man. We're not a political show, and Lord knows I'm not a political expert or whatnot, but this common decency, right, to like your fellow man, my wife hates the news, but you see on the news every day, like we've just gotten to the point to where it's almost like common decency is uncommon now, right? We're in a very strange place in society where we are doing things to each other as humans, and we've gotten to where we can find justification for anything. As opposed to just owning it and saying, hey, I screwed up and I'll do better going forward. Now we've got justifications for everything when it comes to mistreating our human beings. So I think to answer your question, we just got to get back to really caring about our fellow man. Now, it's kind of interesting, Ryan. I want to share some part of my story with that. I'm a very good friend. But what I realized is that friend, fortunately or unfortunately, has a very strong opinion about politics, right? Very left-winged. And I am floater, right? Kind of like I don't care about politics at all. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick the right things from a lot of different things, especially being an immigrant is much easier for me because I have a very different perspective of the world because I'm coming from a country where people are getting bombed, right? So very, very different perspective. The political divisions are definitely not now. Somewhere along the way, I've realized that I have, that friend has alienated me because I said something as a conversation starter and he can digest that, right? And I've kind of lost that friend. I mean, part of that is, was that friendship real? And we can go into that philosophical discussions if we are not. But I think to your point, we are holding our opinions above all of us so bad that we can't hold another opinion at the same level anymore, which is highly divisive. It's not going to keep us together, unfortunately. And the powers to be really wants the society to be divided. Because when the society is divided, that's when folks become powerful, right? Because they have things to add that you can't get somewhere else. This is sad, and I really feel bad because I didn't come to the U.S. I didn't migrate here to come to a world where I'm going to see it going towards a point where we're creating a divisive world. Most people, I would say 85% to 90% of the U.S. population is immigrant, right? Because we all moved from somewhere. So if you're truly a migrant in this country, what gives us the right to hold such a strong belief about our perspective, which is actually somebody else's opinion, right? To your point, we got to respect the other man, the other person, and let them be who they are and still build a great cohesive community. I don't see that happening right now, which is kind of sad. It's funny you mentioned the politics part of it. We've all felt for the okie doke on that one, you know, the right, left, like it. There's right and wrong, right? It's not right, right and left. There's, there's no right or left. It's a right or wrong. You're right. And 
politics has mixed everything in a bag and we're all executing some form of hypocrisy when it comes to voting. And of course, all the candidates are hypocrites in some form or fashion. It's almost yeah. like when you go to vote nowadays, like, OK, am I going to vote for the runny nose or the fever? Like, <laughs> do I want the chest cold or do I want the, chest cold do I want the you know, the tendonitis in my kneecap? Like, you're not getting yeah. out safe. We've all taken that Kool-Aid, if you will, and we've right. just kind of fought for that. And right. It's a bad situation. No, I agree, man. Well, we can talk. We'll definitely have a different conversation at a different point. But thank you again, Ryan, for coming on the show, buddy, and sharing your insights. I'm pretty sure you have motivated at least a lot of my listeners today to get into action, right? You can continue listening to this podcast. I would love that. You should go visit Ryan's podcast as well. But don't keep listening to podcasts. I would rather listen to two episodes for the podcast and never come back again and do something with that information and keep coming back and keep listening and don't do anything about it, right? We're not a Netflix show. You don't have to binge watch the show to make some action for sure. Ryan, dude, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they find you, buddy? Oh, man. What's the easiest way to get a hold of me? My email address is super, super simple. It's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, underscore, my last name, Mosley, M-O-S-L-E-Y, the number 99 at yahoo.com. Also catch you on our, our podcast email address is thevisionlab at yahoo.com. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that other stuff is The Vision Lab or some form of Ryan Mosley, the number 99. I'm not hard to find. Awesome, man. Well, Ryan, we'll make sure we'll include the show notes below. But thank you again for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Saka. I appreciate you having me on. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.